by episode, storyline by storyline, character by character, as we break down the making of your favorite zip code, with your host, Charles Rose. Did I say that? Harry Mullen. this thing about the, the, the real person, and we go, what? We'll get rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests, and all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we are at the top of the Beverly Hills 90210 show this week. Uh, lots to talk about uh, about this this episode. Larry's going to just be with us for a little bit, but we have a bunch of things to talk about at the top of the show. Um, I wanted to first tell everybody that Johnny Davis is not going to be with us here tonight. He had a family emergency, um, so he won't be able to be with us on the show to talk about the theme, but he is absolutely ecstatic to come on and talk to us, so that is going to happen at some point. We really wanted him to be on here today, Chuck, because there's so many things that you guys do in this episode with the theme, but we're still going to talk about that anyway. Okay, great. Yeah. Now, the, the the thing that I think we, you know, obviously we have the zip code show that we, we've got coming up and we want to talk about that too. But I think what we wanted to talk about at the top of this episode was the loss of the drummer, Charlie Watts. Um, you know, obviously I'm a huge Rolling Stones fan. I always tell people that the first thing I, music I remember hearing is Start Me Up. I mean, I'm 70s kids so <laughs> yours is so, is so much younger than us. Man. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Young Pete. The, the drums on Start Me Up, and uh, I'm of that generation, and so losing Charlie was devastating to me. Um, I, you know, Chuck, I know you've seen them a long time, and, and Larry, you want to talk a little about Chuck first, about, well, about Charlie? No, Charles I think you want to hear what Larry has to say first. Larry, uh, you know, I, I, I always admire. Beatles, so he was, he, Larry was 100% Rolling Stones, but so Larry, good. I loved them when they were a blues band, too. Those early yeah, from songs, the beginning. Like, yeah, I'm a King B and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I was always a fan. I, I never. I guess I felt threatened by the popularity of the Beatles. All the girls, you know, kind of went crazy <laughs> about them, and I felt it was in competition with me. So I, but I love the Stones, and uh, you know, and there's a simplicity to, to Charlie when you look at him now. Uh, this stuff. I mean, you can actually see him behind the drum set because it's such a simple kit, like compared to other drummers. Uh, that you know, like Ginger Baker or Keith Moon or, or Artemis Pyle from Leonard Skinner. Uh, he really, and he was kind of more like a Levon Helm who had a very simple kit too, but he basically just drove it. He wasn't flashy stuff, but he was always there. And Chuck, we, I, I sent Pete this uh, this tweet out because I, I, I'm follower by also by a bunch of musicians. Someone had something of like a Keith Richards story where during the Voodoo Lounge tour, which of course was not oh, an old thing, our tour. Uh, Keith saw uh, Charlie's father backstage, like really going at the champagne. You mean Charlie of, saw Keith's father? I'm sorry, no, Charlie. Charlie saw Keith's father. I'm sorry, yes, right. Charlie saw Keith's father imbibing the champagne, and Charlie says to Keith's father, "You better be careful. You'll wind up looking like your son." <laughs> the other great Charlie story that's out there is that um, at some point Mick comes back drunk from something. And uh, uh, alerts the entire house and says, where's my drummer? I want to see my drummer. And Charlie Watts put his robe on and went downstairs and punched Mick in the face and said, don't ever call me your drummer. You're my singer. So there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a great couple. Of no, it was a great you know, a loss. Um, you know, should I take the time to, to also recognize the other? There was also, Chuck, I'm not sure you were aware there was another rock and roll beloved legend that also passed this week. And though she's not in the rock and roll hall of fame, there is in the memorabilia section, something of hers. And what it is, it's a pink sticker, the kind you put on like a guitar case or an amp or a, a drum kit. And it says, call Connie in little rock and the phone number. And Connie Hamsey was one of the three great 
women from the golden age of groupies, career that spanned two decades, mm. legendary. And the in the social media, the people I follow, the tributes that came out for everyone. I mean, she started out with the Almond Brothers, went through you know Van Halen and Kiss. The, she would she was also a school teacher, but that was her mission. She was a revolutionary feminist. Did she te- she taught uh, sex ed? Yeah. No, she taught special needs. But Chuck, she was a virtuoso. Oh, she you know as a musician, she was a virtuoso on the skin flute, even though she could also play everything else. And she's legendary and beloved. And I just want to say, uh, uh, you know, she was an important contributor to rock and roll. And there actually is a petition going around now to make sure she's recognized as such. Kind of like the the GTOs, uh, the other two uh, great women, the uh, Plaster Caster Gal and, and Pamela DeBars. Pamela DeBars, yeah. If it was, she yeah. got Those are the three. That's, that's, the tr- that's the three great women of, of yeah. groupies from so, that age. Uh, much anyway, love, that's all I got. <laughs> much love to Charlie Watts and his family and his fans and his friends. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, well I, I, you know, I agree with Larry, especially going back to the pre-hits uh, era, the – when their first was like, like I uh, agree with you. I used to love her, but it's all over now. Was like their first really big American hit. I know this because we had a garage band and I sang that song, and you know a few of the other songs that that they had at the time. And it was a very simple. It was the blues, but sympathy for the devil is anything oh. but simple percussion. And oh, totally. he really took that part of the Stones over yes. uh, as they expanded and. Uh, I was reading part of the obit today, and you know that Mick kind of relied on him for a lot of things. Yes, he, he was. Really, the, he, he you, was know, a, you don't think of a drummer being someone who's going to become the music producer, but he had a he had a lot to say and had a lot to say. He did, and he did help design the stages and all that stuff. There's a lot to to know. And he had a great endless. And he had a great first name. He does have a good first name. Um, I want to also just say why I have you here, Larry. We've been talking about this nonstop, but we do have America's zip code coming up, and we need Ooh. some states. Oh, Jesus, fuck. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, but there are so many states that we still need uh, people from. So our, our map. Yeah, we got Maryland today. You know, we, did, we picked up Maryland today, and we picked up Kentucky. Uh, I sent out the word to some friends in Alabama. And also just did a clarion call to uh, the Dakotas and 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 some Alaska and you know some of the other places. We just got to pull them in. How but do you, you know we're going to get there. Call. What is a clarion call? Well, you know call? I see I see people from those areas, Chuck, that are fans of ours, and I just kind of say, "Hey, what's going on? You're you're sitting being in the, the zip code." <laughs> and then also it, I just kind of tag on to other things and say, "Hey, is there anyone from Alabama or, or Texas or, or Texas? We have, but I just kind of just throw it out there, you know, just kind of throwing out some leads. Yes. And I, you know, we've picked up some stuff, some you know pe- fans of ours, which you know just need a little bit of push to. Join us, and uh, I think we'll get them all. We will get all. We still got. We still got a wait. wait. We still got what over a month. Well, the one state I I made knew that I had a connection to was Utah, and it turns out my connection's girlfriend is total fan, but is but is shy. So so he's working on to try to convince her just to have a non-recorded a call with Pete and I, so she. Uh, it gets comfortable with the whole idea. Okay, sure. That's, sure. that's what it takes in Utah. Well, <laughs> what about Wisconsin for you, Chuck? You've got you've got all those uh, all those people you visit in Wisconsin. Any uh, fans right. uh, out there? Let's move the show along, guys. We oh, have yes, absolutely. I'm we out have, of here. We have people waiting in the wings. People want to yeah, like just one thing. I should, there's there there's uh, Connie right there. I just want to give a little love to her. Oh, uh, sweet, sweet Connie, the head of. Um, anyway, that's it. All right, we're gonna play an ad and come back with the Creole Sisters. We're gonna talk about the twins, the trustee, and have fun trip. Okay, okay, okay. Do you know we have even more new shirts and merchandise at Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero showshop dot com. For instance, watch our Planet 90210 show with some sick Planet 90210 merch. Or want to celebrate at the Peach Pit? Check out this new shirt with a photo from Jill Henkel's collection. Or, oh my God, I know Claire Arnold fans are going to love this one. A little sex, rock, and really decent literature. Plus, for all you Larry Mullen fans, that's right, a get out of here shirt. And don't forget about our classic designs. We keep loading it up with more items each week, so head over to Beverly Hills, 90210showshop.com for all your 90210 stuff. Okay, well, that was a lot of information up top, but look who's here with us now. We're going to move Aaron over here. We're going to try to uh, 
And we've got Monica and Leanna here on the show. Leanna, looks like you're you're muted. There you go. Yeah, just to be safe, I had the, you guys. I thought this was called a podcast. I didn't know we were going to be on camera. I would have put makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> you look phenomenal. Oh come on, you guys. You, I'm sorry. The Creole sisters never needed me. Then I'm on now. This is uh-huh. super super exciting um, to have you both here. Uh, you've done. Listen, you know when we put this out that you guys were coming on the show, everybody was so excited. You've been t- requested all the time, but there's so many other things that you did. So I hope that um, we'll have some time to Aaron help us kind of <laughs> get all that together and ask you about all the other things that you've done too. I know people are talking about saved by the bell. You, I think you guys even may have done that with Tori. Well, we were both on the show, but she was on it earlier, like before I was on it. Got it. Okay. Well, maybe after, no, I think it was before. I'm not sure. Aaron, <laughs> it was it was after it was after. it was yeah, after. it was the final it was the final season. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like Todd Henry here says, "Parent Trap Three Forever." So I mean, there's <laughs> there's a lot being discussed here. All right, uh, I want to say hi to Aaron as well from today. Um, thank you, Aaron. Aaron was a part of the reason why we were able to get the both of the sisters and all that stuff. So it's much thank you and thanks and all that stuff. And how have you been? How's New York? I've been great. I actually got away for a bit. I um, took a little trip to Boston and Maine. And so that was nice. And uh, yeah, now I'm back in New York. Very hot, 90 degrees. Very hot. Sorry about that. Yeah. And Charles, how are you? Okay. Okay. We did something on Saturday that uh, probably made my head examined. But we, we did two rescue dogs. We brought home two rescue dogs, not just one, because I like everybody does one rescue dog. We have two because we we had a dog before passed right as the COVID was starting. And we oh, knew no. that the dog, you know, we would go away and the dog would be very guilty. I mean, I would be very guilty and I'd come home and the dog would talk to me in dog language, go things like, how could you leave me? How could you? <laughs> the voice. And so, you know, having two dogs in the side, you know, it was good. So we brought two back and they're, and they're feeling, and they're getting to know them. And uh, that's, uh, so I walked the dogs today and didn't catch waves. Yeah. Great. Two um, dogs. Yeah. Also, this question keeps popping up and you're going to confirm this, girls. Um, Alyssa wants to know, I remember them in Parent Trap 3. I loved it. Are they triples? Or did one of them play two people? They are triples. Right? <laughs> they are truly triplets. Yeah, yes. I think they didn't. They they wrote the show because there were triplets. I believe. Like I don't. I think that was. Um, oh, Aaron yeah, we, yeah, we we walked in there and then they created the show for the triplets. I was just asking Monica before the show. I'm like, poor Joy. Where was Joy? Why wasn't? Why didn't she make the cut for 90210? And I feel like Monica and Joy often work as twins. They look. I think a lot of people think they look more alike than I do. But anyway, and um, and I guess Joe's already away at college. Yeah, we were. Leanne and I were at UCLA. That's how I remember lots of these details. Nobody knows this. Nine hundred two one zero factored deep into our rush class for Pi Beta Phi and Delta Gamma. It did. Cal Delta chapters. That was a huge ordeal, and it was all about because you always wanted to put like, you know, you popular. That this was like the hottest show. Our entire sorority watched it together, and so of course they needed pictures from it to put into the slideshow during rush and Lee and I were in two different houses that were next door to each other arch rivals so there was a bit of a back and forth you have to I, tell I, I never, I never I come out of the closet as a as a sorority girl now you're <laughs> well I I have to tell the Creoles I lived on Malcolm between uh Weyburn and Leconte no way so this is my neighborhood, and I know. So you said the Tridelt house, that's still there with the oh, yeah. triangle. So we, we were Pi Beta Phi. We were farther up Hillgard. We were at the top of Hillgard, D Delta Gamma, and then Pi Phi. Pi Phi. And, and they were literally next to the row. Very uh, right. And I would see Rush uh, all the time. Oh, it was huge. And it was all about putting, like, in you fact, know, I probably saw you guys rushing. You probably did. I mean, th- theoretically, because we, we moved in there in 94 and lived there to 2012. So when was this? When did we film? This was like 93. Yes. 93 is when we filmed the summer and we moved in that uh, we bought the house in 93 and then moved in the next year. So um, So in other words, I used to walk my dog on campus a lot. So 
I, I, I would probably Google you both. So oh my gosh, it was like the writers and producers made made a little bit more money if you could afford to live in the neighborhood, <laughs> just visit as a student. I mean, who's uh, visiting? Is the you know, I mean, Aaron Spelling lived right around the corner too. He oh yeah, that was a big deal. We did well, our rush dress us up and mark us down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you make a Faustian bargain, you know, you you get a nice place to live for a while. You know. <laughs> um. So you, so you guys knew of nine hundred two and zero prior to walking into nine hundred two and zero. You were aware of it yes. clearly. Oh, our entire sorority watched it. I mean, together. So imagine. I don't remember like, that at all? I do. They would also work out. Like we would get down there and like there'd be those girls that were working out like crazy, and they'd be watching it doing their little things. And it was on at the same time of whatever every week. What day was it? Like a Wednesday or something? We had Wednesday at eight and then a Thursday at uh, at eight as well for a while. First two seasons were, were Thursday and then after that was always yeah. a Wednesday night show. And you want, I could remember way more than me. I did. Well, because I, I associated with that time and it was funny because, you know, it was like, and I wasn't the only actress in my house. There was another, you know, as sure in yours too, Leanna, there was like, we weren't the only ones. There was other people we were living, they should have just turned the cameras around and done, you know, there's a show right there. That would have been good. But there was a lot of like, you know, other well, actors. 90210 though is one of those shows that I I think everybody in town did at least one episode. I feel like I've even thought about having a party with friends and saying, bring your bring your tape of your episode. <laughs> so, it was on for so many years. Everybody did an episode. Everybody did. And you know, and we saw the same group of girls at every audition. So we'd be like, well, hey, what's up? What's up? And it's like the same girls. It was literally like, for a while, it was like Leslie Bibb and Jennifer. Leslie Bibb was in all the time, yes. Jennifer Garner. Um, popular, that, that TV show. Uh, is that right, Aaron? Popular, that one, you remember? Yeah, that was mm -hmm. after. Yeah. That was yeah. It was like the same group. It was the same. It was um, literally the same people. Like you said, Lindsay Price. Yeah. Um, um, Love Lindsay. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Grant. I knew her because of her. Yes. Somebody, I did some pilot with her. Must have been after that. Oh, a few years later. <laughs> with her. I was going to ask you, met, you know what? We, met, we met Jason Priestley, though, before that, when he had done the show about the orphans. Like he was, it was Sister, Sister Kate. Sister Kate. Sister and, Kate. We, and somehow Disney, when we were with Disney, they trotted us out to all sorts of things, like the um, Hollywood parade that they do on Thanksgiving, the Hollywood Thanksgiving parade where you sit on a float and wave. And I remember. Uh, you know, they were talking like, this show is going to be a huge, it tested through the roof, you know? And then later we realized no one's going to vote against a show about a nun and a bunch of orphan kids, right? <laughs> of, course it's, of course it tested. Yeah, you remember that? How in the world do you remember that? I, I can tell Monica I was headed to being a producer even then because the things I remember are totally different than the things you remember. <laughs> I just remember Katzenberg writing notes like, of, of, and, and Monica didn't remember that part. <laughs> I remember, but I do remember being at his house, beach house. Yes, Disney yes, took yes. great care of us. They they were great. They had that. They had all these movies. They always were doing those fun movie premieres and all that. It was really fun. We did meet the other child actors. Like I feel like we'd seen other actors that were on the show. You know, just you everybody. Consider yourself a child actor. What? Because people tell me they're like, "You were a child actor," and I'm like, "No, I wasn't. We didn't start until we were 16." So I feel like that's child. Yeah, that's I don't know. Child. That is. I child. have a 17 year old. I consider. A teenage actor. It's different than when you don't literally know any other universe. Sure. People that like, literally grow up on set. I, I tend to agree with Leanne on that. I also <laughs> have said this on this show, and and uh, and also, and I'd like to hear your opinion on it. I think that when you have child actors who are supporting their families, mm -hmm. is when the whole thing becomes a mess in later life. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you right. guys were at UCLA. You were living and you were were acting. And and in the Disney limelight, but you clearly, if you were students at UCLA, you're having a kind of a normal life as well. In, in we were, yeah, well, the thing about acting, we have, UCLA. We actually have a nephew that's starting to act about the same time. He's now 19, but he started about 16, 17. But I think that it's good, like have a little bit of a life and and have before you start out, so that you aren't you you know I I you know it's definitely the your choice, it wasn't like, a, you know, you can't blame your parents. Did you guys do anything while you were at UCLA? Did you do anything with the theater department? You know, what's weird is I felt like I didn't because I felt like I was working. Like it's on the quarter system in 10 weeks. I remember I did like a Baywatch and I was doing commercials and I was doing Matter 2 and O and Prime Married with Children. That probably was during that time. Oh. Anyways, all, all those things were so, they kept us so busy that 
I kind of wish I had done a little theater stuff, but I didn't because I was too busy. I was like living the real, you know. I well, was, I was, I was, was um, you know, my, my wife, was, oh, Lord, Leanne, I'm sorry. I was, oh, I was just going to say, I never did theater because I, I never understood it. You can tell I wasn't a real actor because I'm like, but there's no money in it. Like, I don't get it. Why do you want to do that? Like, I seriously was like, why are you going to do theater? <laughs> I knew I was not. So, and I was also making, and I made an animated film as an undergrad to get into the film school. And then I got in, I, so I stayed on and I would have just stayed on as long as possible. I loved, I loved school. I'd still be a student if they were, if I could have kept going. <laughs> mm -hmm. You yeah, know, I, I taught at UCLA in the writer's program, but a, a lot yeah. of friends, a lot of people I know were in the film and television department. Yeah. I was there, there when, um, um, anyway, we won't go into it. Hey, Chuck, I want to ask you about putting this episode together because there's there's three big things that are that are happening. The the two two of them are are connected, you know, the trustee and the big trip. Um, and then, of course, the twins. So um, where did you sort of this is your episode. You wrote this episode. And I remember earlier in the week you were trying to remember writing this episode so long ago. But um, do you remember putting this all together? I know you say it's one of your favorite episodes, too. Maybe if not your favorite. Well, I won't go that far, but I did. I, I, I would, you know, we did go back to the 60s. I'm sorry. I know it's no one's favorite, but come on. Right. Um, uh, what, 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 this is the unique part about this one is that you had to get, we knew what the ending was. We knew Brenda was going to be leaving. And that, uh, and that, so, and we had to get to that point. Nothing, nothing we were developing for the summer episodes works unless she's out of the picture. And given how uh, entrenched the the sides were in the uh, misery loves company uh, that that just preceded this, um, it really required this kind of, for lack of a better way to describe it. Like kind of classic television uh, manipulation, you know, of, okay, let's, let's do this. How do we take it down? How do we show people that we could be in a situation that, um, that they were actually going to be talking about it? And so, you know, it, I, I howled uh, watching it with you, Pete, when we got to that first scene and, and Brenda's vacuuming. Um, I, uh, I, in fact, but I know I didn't write it that way because uh, in Melanie's, um, Treasure Hunt. We included my original story, and my original story was that she it was a, she cooked this great meal, oh. and and then you know it was and then the next time sending to the market made sense like that. For whatever reason, vacuuming was a lot easier to produce, and so we made that that change real quick. But wow, um, you know, but I also like the, the plot move in it that really the person who's moving the action is somebody who always had opinions and was always on the side, but never just said to her husband, Jim, shut up. We're doing it this way. We're going to try this. And this. so, you know, we, we had that. And then the idea about um, Kelly Taylor, who, you know, if you look back to the end, I, I feel this way. And Aaron, I'd love to hear your comments on this. You know, near, I'm on some of those episodes we've watched around the wedding and she gets together with Jake and this, and she's, She's, it's the most, they were writing her the most prissy and bitchy of, of maybe the, the whole high school time because there she is. Oh, and my mom is getting married. I hate that. Oh, now she's pregnant. I'm going to do this. You know, it was always complaining, complaining, complaining. And then you hold a baby. And yeah. so, you know, using the baby as the way to get them, uh, you know, to move the action was, you know, acquired those kind of things. And I do remember. Uh, in this episode, just amusing myself with these bigger moves that were kind of different than what we had been doing, you know, which was, you know, let's face it, um, Misery Loves Company is just balls to the walls melodrama. Yes. It's not that. Mm -hmm. And no. then to counter it, to even make it in that light vein, we bring in the Brandon uh, Steve rivalry on the basis of. Here are the, uh, uh, you know, the, the the twin story. And I want, and as Monica and Leanna are looking here, the twins got the top billing. It was the twins, the trustee, and the very big trip. And That's I, right. Yeah. I, I don't want to make sure it was you were the also ran. You were also, you know, very there. Did you have, Appreciate the, that, were you aware of the of the sisters at this point? Or or they were not, 
Oh, I we were just talking in the warm up show and uh, a conversation in the green room, and and um, I, I will share this with you now. So I um I was a TV movie writer in the 1980s. That's pretty much what I did. I did some series. I I, I created some really good pilots too. They but my movies were made and my pilots weren't. And I and I think it was when I did um I, I did the movie on the Beach Boys, and it was well received and the, the script was better than the movie but the script was really well received and at that point disney the executive who was with abc moved to disney and wanted me there and gave me a two-year contract and i'm like oh my god i find you know what and you know what they used to call and that's a development deal for those out there right and uh, and the cynical uh way to describe what a, a development deal really is it's jewish welfare <laughs> and and that's what it was, at least at the time, at least in the 1980s, that's what it was called. And because um, you got you got paid a lot of money, even if your shows didn't go anywhere. Oh, but I cool. was really amped up and ready to go. And I got really immersed in and 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 then what happens is, is the Writers Guild goes on a major strike mm -hmm. in 1988 and it lasted uh like 30 weeks. So it gave me time to go on a diet, which was a good thing. Nice. And uh, people would look at me and see me losing weight and be worried that well, you know, I, I don't have any money for food. You know, kind of thing. <laughs> well, right. losing so much weight. But, um, uh, you know, so, but uh, in this time, I would, I did a lot of research about Disney and Walt Disney. I tried to sell us a, a movie called Young Walt, which would have really uh, been sweet, should, be, but, should be out now on Disney plus. I would watch that. Susan Disney Lord, we know each other. If you're listening, which you're not, but if you are, let's talk. Uh, anyway, yeah. um, but the fact is, is that um, uh, I also started looking at all the cartoons and everything they had. And in this point in my life, uh, my wife, who I love and have been with all these, my, my whole adult life, practically, um, was, was concerned because of the, these TV movies I was writing and this, that I was showing more temper in life. Just, just you know, and, 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 and I would say, no, I'm just passionate. And so I could relate to Donald Duck. I'm sorry to say that. <laughs> Donald Duck was in some ways angry and his own worst enemy, right? So the deal is, is that I come up with an idea about a about family programming, live action, not a cartoon, in which there's a there's a, a character in L.A. called D and, and L.A. By the way, at least back in the day with Raymond Chandler and others, had a real tradition of private eyes. Rockford right. would be in the television world, sure. of that. and so so it was D Duck, private investigator, and the Duck was very good at what he did. And, but every character in the thing was always called something. The moose, the bear. The mouse. Uh, the goofball. I right. mean, you get the sense. They're all, they all yeah. had that, all the other characters and things. But what would end up happening is Donald would, would deduck, would be on it. And all of a sudden, at the very moment that he's going to solve the case and it's there to be solved, he kind of pulls a Larry David and gets totally distracted and starts okay. doing Donald Duck. And the other uh, comes in, the other detective, who we have seen in the beginning, with the beautiful girl on her arm, and he swoops in and uh, and solves the case. And his right. his nickname is the Mouse. So Got the it. Mouse always beats the Duck. Right. So what was the Duck's family? Well, there was Uncle Scrooge and Uncle Scrooge's triplets. Was uh, the other one? Yeah. So, and then Disney Disney had a wonderful casting department, and I I do forget the casting director's a uh, name but he was so supportive of me all the time and um and so, the projects that i bring and 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 the fact is he said oh triplets you've got great triplets and 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 so i was on to them with with charlie fleischer to play the duck the d duck who was then just had done roger rabbit got it one of my favorite movies sure. of all time and and charlie coincidentally was also cat was our kids went to the same elementary school years later. Right. And I'd always and Charlie passed. You want me to be a duck? I'm not a duck. I'm a rabbit. You know. <laughs> you know that's Charlie. But Charlie came, well, also came on the uh, uh, did a 90210 Halloween episode. I got you. So, um, but but so I knew you. I thought of you, and uh, and I remembered you know Diane Young uh, saying, "Well, what would you think of this idea?" And I went, "Oh, that's a that's that's a pip on the wardrobe." 
you know, let's go. So, so, and what about for the two of you? Do you remember auditioning for 90210? And, and I mean, it was such a big deal. You just told us about all this stuff that you were doing prior to watching it. Do you remember what the process like was like for you guys? Or were you guys already like, they are in? Did you have to audition for this? I don't remember. This is where Monica. <laughs> I don't remember either. Was Diane Young the casting for um, 90210? Diane Young was the casting for that. And the prior to that, Growing Pains, if you ever did a Growing Pain. We did. That was Diane. our first audition. That was, that was Monica so and I again. There. Yes. I remember that. I remember, we, I remember, I remember that. that audition very well because we didn't know what the heck we were doing. She basically told us we booked it before we ever walked in because we were chatting it up with the kids and the thing. We were practicing our little cheer. We were just... And she's like, you know, you already, you know, because we were basically, we didn't know. I don't really remember the 902. I mean, we must have auditioned for it. I feel like we did. Do you remember that, Chuck? No. <laughs> but that, you, you probably did. But I mean, it was, you know, with Diane, but we, it, when it, when it was a done deal. It was a done deal. And she would come in to me and just show me pictures. And we have a corner on the market. And I didn't need to. Uh, I didn't need to. And, you know, the truth is, and I've said this, and, and I don't know many showrunners were like this. I I had never, I had only done casting, been in a casting session one time on that Beach Boy movie I mentioned to you. And the only reason that the producer let me hang around and be there is so he could get free rewrites from me. And mm. but I, So I got to be in so two casting sessions. And the next casting session I was in, I cast Luke Perry. But I had no skill or confidence in my abilities to do this. And I didn't want to. I knew how much writing it was, it was going to take to even do a TV series. So I, a lot of people, you know, writers don't want to write. I, yes. Clearly. So what they do when they get on TV shows is they get immersed in casting. It's so funny because I find the casting so painful. It must be from those, you know, I'm so PTSDing from the '90s when I was an actor. But I, well, oh so my god, even when I was a producer, I avoid it like the plague. I'm just like, tell me who's cast. Like, I yeah. Well, that's, the that was the same. I mean, I did not know what to say. Oh, nice adjustment. I mean, what do you <laughs> I know. say? I mean, and, and really, it was the directors who would take the casting, and we would try to have a little, be a little low key uh, in it, even though we did have the final say on 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 these kind of things. Mr. Spelling did certainly on on most the bigger part. So, but, Monica, uh, you, and, and you guys get onto set now. You, now you're, you're you're this is day one. And you're on 90210. That has to be the trippiest thing in the world because, I mean, and you're on like 90210. You're on like the 90210 that people talk about. You know what I mean? Like the, the Brenda stuff is going on. This Paris trip is happening. The beach club is created. You're a part of the beach club. So, oh, yeah. so what is your. It's so what glamorous we to be part of the. We love, I mean, people always like, you're in the beach club episodes. And like, yeah, you know, because that was. <laughs> yeah, pretty great. I mean, I really remember that because I'd never been down there and they made it look like a really cool looking club. And we thought that was pretty cool. I thought, um, no, I remember it was, it was a huge, there was only one, you know, think about it. There was only one or two shows that everybody was watching in the whole community. Yeah. And that was now people watch whatever, hundreds of shows. Everybody was watching that show. So it was like, uh, you know, it was just, it was, it was luckily we'd done a little acting. So we weren't total newbies. Have we already very good, yeah, and we, yeah. Those two summers, they were they were the most fun times we did the show. Okay. Summers belong to us, you know, and uh, and the beach club uh, being a, a, a I'm a local and and spent a lot of time. Oddly enough, the public beach right next to where we built the Beverly Hills Beach Club was the place every high school had their own uh, like stand, hamburger stand, taco stand, you know, right. all the way down to the Santa Monica Pier, mm -hmm. and you know. Fairfax High had theirs. Hamilton had theirs. Uni had theirs. Well, of course, Beverly Hills High School is going to be right next to the to the um, the beach club because many of the kids, you know, could take showers afterwards because their parents were members. But not really. We'd come down after you know summer school and, and be there day after day. I learned to surf there, and um, so I'm really love the beach. So you are in my my yeah. favorite uh, of episodes for sure. Yeah. I'm curious, uh, though, Monica, before we came on, you mentioned that maybe you had a little crush on Jason Priestley. I mean, I thought everybody did. I mean, for sure. And I was super psyched because I knew when I read it, I'm like, oh, Leanna has to kiss, you know, Ian's earring. And I got Jason. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I was like, they're gonna, we're going to lose time because mine was at sunset and it was outside. I was like, we are, time is money. I know we're going to, they're going to try to, sh 
tighten this up. You know what I mean? And you don't, you know, as an actor, you're like, we, we need the time for that. You know, I want to miss out on that. I didn't get the full make out Mac Daddy scene that Leanna did. Like she I, had I literally don't remember the Mac Daddy until I was just reviewing one, it. <laughs> one thing that we say, we've said forever and people say it to us. I think the most famous line from the twins on that show is you slimy seal that like people have said it to me so much. Everybody says it like you slimy seal. It was just such a good, you know, line. But you know what? When I said, when I say get off me, you dumb guy, it seems so like that was a cover for like, get off me, you dumbass. Did we, or dumb shit did we did, was that something that was ADR'd over or did I always say you dumb guy like it sounds so yeah. uh, there was a thing yes. there was this thing they had in television back in the old days called a censor and yeah. you could not say a dumb shit no I yeah. mean I didn't know if I recorded it that way be a, you dumb guy and, you and dumb not guy. a dumb me but it was really just it was really uh that's my that's my one of my favorite lines delivered you dumb guy I do love that too. Yeah. When I watched it in the it, with with Pete, it was like this, you know, perfect and um, and interesting. That you, so one thing I want to ask this is Monica particularly because you, you're more the actress. I know Leanna, you're the producer. Got this straight. <laughs> you used to go out and uh, and do auditions. Would you? Did it, all, did it always come as a package deal, or were you allowed to go out every once in a while as a solo? Oh, well, in those days, I think right around that time, we had, we had one agent, Roe Diamond, and she would get every other audition. She'd be like, okay, Monica, you're auditioning for Baywatch. Leanna, you've got Saved by the Bell. And about that time we booked it, I was like, you know, I kind of wish I could audition for all of them. And so I think I went on my own and got my own agent. And that's I didn't remember that. I thought Roe would just send us on different days. Like, we all auditioned for everything, but we... Mm. Very rarely saw you each other. For Baywatch? Nope. I didn't audition for Saved by the Bell. It was the same day. I didn't audition for Saved by the Bell either. I mean, they just called yep. it the call-in thing. To do this podcast, uh, yep. I had to reach out. I hadn't talked to to Roe and many. We did. We hired a lot of actors. Josh Taylor. And, yeah. And is, that, is that who that was? O'Hara. Yeah. It's a really fine one. And, and she's still cooking and doing re really well. I saw her a couple of years ago, and it was really fun because she was our very first well, yeah. maybe our second agent, right, Monica? It, our second real agent. And when you, you know, it just yeah, meant if a road diamond, you know, you, you as someone who looks, and this is like, uh, this is the opposite of guilt by association. This is like points by association because it always says who the actors are represented by. Right. And um, and and very rarely did the big agencies, and in those years, it was. Uh, there were some of the like Endeavor wasn't even alive, but it was you know William Morris and ICM really were the two that dominated. They would never send in their clients for episodic unless they were former stars of series, yeah. You know, uh, uh, and and it was a role that was recurring or something like that. And uh, so so Roe, I mean, really and innovative were the people that we we did a lot of. I think both of them had really terrific. Uh, roster of, of yeah, actors. Yeah, was great. Melissa wants to know, was Leanna really allergic to shellfish? I'm not. No, there you go. Nope, I am not allergic to shellfish. <laughs> Just written in there, as I would. You like sushi, huh? You that's why I liked um, Jason Priestley, because he his character was so, like, sympathetic. You know what I mean? He was like, he recognized, that was a key, check, key thing to put him, that he recognized immediately that we had not done the switch. Yes. Which is like makes any twin or triplet, you know, heart go a flutter. You know, so that was, you know, you I love that. Well, Leanna, you do do a lot with um, Ian in this, and what was that experience like? You do make out pretty heavily. I honestly, again, I think I blocked it out. And like I said, our kids went to the same preschool, and so a few years ago, we were laughing about it and stuff. But I didn't remember totally macking out. Like, all right, are we going to go for this? Like, I don't remember that at all. I just remember. I, I even didn't remember. I was like, maybe Monica kissed you. One of us kissed you, and and How we laughed about it. And um, but I think I might have been a little more embarrassed if I'd known we had full on made out. So no, he's, it's he's pretty he's heavy. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. Guys are very friendly. I think the guys and on any TV show in general, the men are usually and the men and the guys are usually two to one more friendly. We give the women a pass because they're busy doing their makeup and their women and whatever. But in general, the men are. Always like come in. Hi, how are you? On that note, real quick, Chuck. On, on that note, I wanted to ask you though. I mean, 
it's no secret in the folklore or urban legend of 90210 that there was a lot of drama happening behind the scenes at that time. Probably at that time period, in that time period, there were things going on. Um, were, is that something as guest stars that you're even aware of that there is issues with an actress or or an actor or anything like that? Well, sure. there's, there's definitely yeah. some. I feel like there was definitely you could feel the tension, and there was. Um, they were all. They all had a level of celebrity. We were just the lowly day players, <laughs> but um, you they that were, the, the girls had more. Seemed like they had more drama going on. Well, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, they deliberately, even though I look back now and I'm like, oh, it wasn't that bad. But at the time I remember thinking, are they deliberately doing our hair really dorky? You know, <laughs> I really thought, I'm like, is there some, that, that was definitely an actress paranoia. See, I needed to get out of that because I was too paranoid. But we could feel, I remember there was, there was a little bit of tension. Yes. Yeah. Well, we knew there was something going on with the girls and I remember kind of avoiding them. And we didn't have any, all of our scenes were with the boys. So it was in some ways, but we'd run into him. I don't know why. And but that's the way it is on every most every show. Like when I did Seinfeld, when I did, it's almost almost always just you know you kind of just avoid any drama. You just kind of don't want it in your face. But, is, yeah. Was it an intimidating experience? Even though that you had been working so many different places and whatnot, and auditioning at different places, is that an? I mean, obviously you love the show. You talked about that, but then there's also all this stuff going on. And you know, I was just with Jill Henkel yesterday, and she the 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 person who helped designed the set that we're talking about, the Beach Club. And, mm -hmm. and she said at the time, you know, the the, the cast of 90210 was Beatle-like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they were huge. There was so many of them. I remember that's what I remember. There were so many, so many of them. You mean of the cast? Yeah, it was just like, it oh. was a lot. And and we were definitely just, you know, visiting. Um, yeah, I think that um, for sure, it's always nervous that when you see them, I remember going, I think I was more scared of Luke, you know, um, for some reason he was, you know, again, I think I'm obviously playing into their characters that I was, I was a fan of the show <laughs> as well as, you know what I mean? So I was overlaying their personality, but I was like, I remember seeing him and he was talking about, I remember this so randomly, he had just gotten like a trailer, like in, in the, he something to pull, like he was going to pull this little mini like teardrop or vintage trailer. And I'm thinking you were really cool in real life too. Like just didn't, you know, <laughs> Wow, like just whatever, you know? Yeah. They were, he was. Uh, really you, cool. you know, but you're talking about pressure. I mean, audition, being nervous. My God, you uh, you you worked with Larry David. Right, Not exactly. Sure. Because when you were yeah. saying the D-Duck, I'm like, oh, you're sounding like Larry. And then you said Larry David. I'm like, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that it, exactly. He would be the, uh, I'd have told my Larry David story on this uh, podcast mm -hmm. before, but to be get, get, get that withering look from Larry David, which I got. <laughs> In Martha's Vineyard uh, is really uh, is really a thrill. Before the Larry David show, this was the Larry David show just premiered, so he yeah. was just the Seinfeld producer. And it doesn't you matter; he still is a lousy volleyball player, and he knows it. <laughs> um, did I was, Michelle wants to know if you guys got recognized and still get recognized from being on Nine Hundred Two and for sure we get recognized. I think the people, if you just say, oh, 90210, they go, oh, yeah, I love that episode. I, I know you guys from that or whatever. We used to back then for sure. Um, I don't know. People just somehow recognize, even though I look at Leanne and I go, gosh, we look nothing alike. But apparently. I think, people, I think their voices are, are really alike. But Leanne definitely has uh, Rory Rory vibes still all these years later. You know? <laughs> no, you look like yes, I, I, I believe so. I, I, I was, was with my sister Joy um, over the uh, over the weekend. I ran into her without me. <laughs> I ran into. We were at the sing along at the Bowl for Sound of Music, oh, yeah. and she was there with like ten of her friends, and they were like, "Oh my gosh, she's speaking with Joy's voice," and it's so funny because. I hear Joy's voice and it sounds very different to the voice I hear in my head, but people apparently say our voices are very similar. So yeah, that's what monozygotism, I wonder if that's a word. That's what being a monozygote does. I, guess. <laughs> I was, um, was going to ask a question before. Are you both still active in, in the industry? Do you still, you know, with the movies and Monica is, is yeah, Monica's Monica's still acting and I'm, um, I've had I've had a production company, a boutique production company, where I do lots of luxury lifestyle content, and I, I was an independent film producer for a while and produced a bunch of movies. And then um, 
now I'm actually focused on a, um, a real estate themed video app, which is just launching in the app store right now. And so I'm kind of focused on that. Good so with that. Yeah. thank yeah. you. So I'm, I'm, I'm restless. I keep trying new, trying new things. I, I like to the producer in me. Kelly wants to know, was there ever a role that you both auditioned for that one got and the other didn't? Yes. And I'll never forget it. Which it's like one? a knife in the heart. That's probably why I'm still acting, trying to prove myself. Um, <laughs> did three. Another person that was always in the room was Robin Lively. And in fact, when I was at Savannah, you, I read for it. It was down to three girls, me, Leanna, and Robin. And then Leanna got it. She was excited. And then parents chat pushed or something. And so you couldn't do it. And so oh I got I, more than that, I did two weeks of rehearsals. I picked out my wardrobe. Um, oh, I learned brutal. how to throw a pot. I, I picked out all my green clothes. And then John Avelson's like, I hate green. And I'm like, okay, never. And so I had, they had to pick out new clothes for me. And I did Watch rehearsals you. with Ralph Macchio and everything. And then they had to push the Karate Kid production schedule. Right. And, one of the, and then the Disney movie. And I literally called up Michael Eisner. This is, I can't believe I did this. I was so... The chutzpah when I was 18 years old, and I call it Michael Eisner, and I'm like, I'll wait, I'll hold, I'll, I'll wait for him. And anyway, and then I, I think I went over, and I was like, this is why I would be so good for Disney, and if I do this, it'll just raise the profile, the whole project, blah 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 blah. And um, and they were, like, yeah, me, no. they were making me hold and hold and hold, and I remember running over to the animation building, and I literally ran into Jeffrey Kassenberg. Like we literally ran into, him and I was like, oh my god, this Jeffrey Kassenberg, and he's like, oh, so you're off to make. Uh, uh, Karate Kid 3. And I was like, oh my gosh, uh, I guess so. And I ran in the building and ran up to whoever's office that told me they had decided to work out the schedule where I could be in it. So I was super excited for my two weeks. And then they had to push and I had to walk away. And I thought my, you know, that was my career was over. Never oh. my, my big break. Yeah, well, but things turned out okay. Yeah. But I don't think I was destined to be an actor. I'm, I'm too. Yes, I remember. Leanna has a very famous line also that I remember. I remember all a lot of things apparently. She's like, one day I said something about acting. I go, I just fell in love with it, and she goes, Yeah, it's just so blue collar acting. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> yes. And I was literally, I'm like, you know what? Okay, fine. I'll be down here. I'll be. I am Miss Blue Collar. I've done more. Well, Monica, I remember you said commercials and more like I, girl next door. Now mom next door. I'm like, fine. I'll take it. I'll be. Well, no, I remember you saying if I could act, I, you know, to to support my my shoe collection. So that's how I remember. You know, you had a shoe. You have a shoe fetish, and so you were like, so you needed to support that with acting. So I don't remember thinking it was blue collar. I remember thinking it. You said that with those words. And I remember thinking, <laughs> I remember saying, is that bad? I go, that's okay, right? Is it okay to, to want to be blue collar? I'm like, that's amazing. That's totally fine. Like, what I, I meant by blue collar was it's a job. You know, it's a job and you're at the whim of other people hiring you. And so it's sure. not a career in that same way. You know, it's, you have to constantly hustle. And it's, I remember thinking, this is not going to work for me. <laughs> Leanna is speaking the producer's mantra. <laughs> know your lines, hit your marks, and go home. That's the, but, you know, that's... It, it reminded me, I just did this family show, The Kicks, a couple years ago on Amazon, and all the kids were friends, and it just reminded me so much. It was literally history repeating itself, because all the kids, and then my real kids hung out with the TV kids, and they all became friends, and they all... And I was literally, it was just, it was like my life. Cause we had done all these kids shows and, and mm. all, we're friends with all the actors and we were excited just to thrill a minute. Right. And I, then I got to see, it was like the next wave. Then I was the mom on the show and watching the kids. And it was just, it's just funny. It just come cycles through. I mean, we got nothing but goodness from, or at least I got nothing from goodness from the whole experience. I Can I thought, ask how old your kids are? Mine, 17 and 19. Nice. Uh, Chuck, I, got, I have a question have for you. 13. Rebecca wants to know, um, I know that Brendan Dylan foreshadowed that they would fall in love with someone else at the end, but did you know at this point that David would have Nikki? Yes, we knew that, but we didn't know that uh, that we would love Nikki so much she'd stay around and be with Brandon. That, that's, we, we, that, that came up. Because of and and the only other person that came up with really frankly who was acting in a part and, and we saw this person we got to keep it was was Kathleen my, at least under my five years was was Kathleen Kathleen so, Robertson yeah. yes who was phenomenal on the series but those were the two yeah. Yeah. all right um Erin I'm going to let you ask some questions about 
Saved by the Bell and all these other fun things. But I want to show this clip. Let's see what this is. He's not nearly as hot or sexy as you are. <laughs> there it is. This is this is serious. Let's do it. Well, we always have this problem with showing a clip here. We know if we try to show it, it doesn't ever work. So, but um, yeah. So there it was. It was really hot and heavy lately. Oh my gosh! It did go on for a while. PG third seventeen. I don't know. You had to keep those teens happy. <laughs> All right, Aaron. People want to know about Saved by the Bell. What do you What do you've got for them about Saved by the Bell? Didn't you just do a whole thing about this? I yeah, I did uh, talk to Leanna about playing Tori on Saved by the Bell. But I was wondering, um, for both of you, of course, you've done, you know, other shows, and of course, you were uh, both in Parent Trap three. What from that era do you get recognized for the most? I get recognized for Save of the Bell, even though it's not me. People stop me all the time. And I literally go, would you believe it's my identical triplet sister? And they're like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, it was me. You know, I, I, what a thrill. I've even signed her name. Um, I would say, don't you think? And then, then Parent Chap is a close second. Those Parent Chap fans are really rabid. They're all in their 30s now, and their moms. They're like real excited about those girls were the cutest. What about you, Leanna? I mean, obviously that was. Yeah, it's definitely Save of the Bell. I felt like people will, you know, and and I and there, and I only became aware maybe five years ago of the deep animus that my character um, brings out in people that somehow I was involved with nefarious plot to get rid of Kelly and Jesse and. Um, there's people out there. So I, I'm at the, I'm the butt of so many jokes or my character. The meme, the meme so about the Delta variant. Yeah. <laughs> my summer plans and it's, and it's Tiffany it. says the Delta variant and then it's Leanna. <laughs> Tori Scott. Yeah. So yeah, no one, no one. See, the weird thing is when we did 90210, it was already a show. It was already a hit. But when we, when I did Save the Bell, I'm like, it's Saturday morning. I'll just get in and get out. I was a history student at UCLA and I thought I would, you know, I just get in, get out. No one would know the better. And so the weird thing to still be recognized from this for all these years later, it is very surreal. And, um, and you just never know. <laughs> no doubt. Erin, what else you got? Um, I guess obviously Stay by the Bell was a very different show, but um, how did being on the set of Nato 2 and 0 compare with that? Oh, that's a good question because they actually did a bunch of beach. They did a whole season at the beach at the same exact beach club. Um, however, I wasn't in those episodes. So, um, <laughs> you know, they kind of blur together for me. They're similar, except for obviously 90210 was a single camera outdoor shoot and, 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 and Save of the Bell was a three camera studio shoot. And so, um, there's probably a budget like that ways. And I feel like yeah, Save of the Bell skewed. It was definitely aspirational for like middle school age kids. And I feel like college students were obviously watching 90210 and like elementary kids or junior high kids were watching Save of the Bell. So, yeah. I was also wondering. Oh, sorry. Melissa says Jesse and Kelly mysteriously yes. finished when Tori showed up. Yeah. There you have it. That is why people out there. Like are out to get they're out to blame me. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Meanwhile, we knew Jesse. We were in acting class with her for years. Like we started, like Elizabeth Berkeley was a friend even before the show. We were in, you know, acting class with her. Yeah, fun? but I, yeah. So anyway, I get there was this. I think I've been told you, Aaron, this story about somebody wrote a comedic piece for Funny or Die, and it was as if Tori Scott, my character, as if I wrote it. Like as if I was really upset to be not invited to the some makeup show and a get together show reunion show on Jimmy Fallon I think, and everybody thought I really wrote it, and so you know people in the comments and stuff and even like my my brother in law Rob called and was like that's funny and I'm like what what I didn't write that it's not funny or die obviously I did not write this and people were just like you you know didn't get the joke didn't get didn't think it was you know thought I was seriously grumbling about not being invited so anyway tori has taken the brunt but um, fun to hate i mean love i mean hate yeah. <laughs> but it's it's not that they dislike tori it's that they there was confusion because they introduced tori and then kelly you know tiffany and elizabeth berkeley's characters disappeared yeah. and then they alternated yeah. they kind of sloppily alternated the episodes with no explanation like yeah. where the others were and then tori just disappeared in the graduation episode yeah. 
And then even though she was like, in the previous and then time. I think I told you, Aaron, how I we I definitely got some fan mail and it was like, dear Jesse slash Tori. <laughs> question mark. Like even though she's like a foot taller than us, and like <laughs> to me, we're very different. And um, but I yeah, I didn't anyway. It's just, used there was definitely some confusion, even though because we both had the big curly hair, 90s hair that everybody had. Not just you, yeah, we all did. Hey, Charles, um, another thing that happens in this episode is we see Arsenio Hall, mm-hmm. and we talked about this on the on the Patreon, but Arsenio Hall, you know, there's a lot of 90210 things that happen through the Arsenio Hall show, right? I mean, all of the cast at some point had stopped by. I know Shannon was there, and 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 Jason was there, and 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 Jenny was there, and then and Arsenio was really stirring stirring the pot with all the drama and rumors that were going at the time. I remember he was asking Jenny what Shannon's like. He's asking Shannon what Jenny's like, you know, all, all this stuff. What is the perspective of it from the producer when you just send the actor on to the Arsenio show and now it's adding more to the chaos in your life? Jeez. <laughs> I, you know, you're, you're making it that the producer is sending the actor to be on a talk show no. Uh, this producer was was uh, doing my 16-hour days just getting the show done. Uh, so those were really the, the managers of the, the talent. Uh, talent. Yeah. The managers of the uh, network had a lot of influence on who was going where. And uh, you think I had any time to watch Arsenio Hall? <laughs> now I did watch, I did watch, and I got confused in the Patreon on this, but this was the this was really something. It was so Fox really always wanted to have a good talk show. You know, Arsenio was not on Fox. He was syndicated, but it right. was somewhere else. And you know, and they and the, you know, Carson was huge, and 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 there was uh, you know at, at uh, CBS and Merv Griffin, but you know, they but Barry Diller worked so hard. It would, you know, let's get Joan Rivers. Let's get this one. Let's get that one. Chevy and Chase. He decided on Chevy Chase. Oh, that's right. And Chevy Chase is maybe it's his third episode. And tonight's guest is, and, and Chevy Chase is the worst, is the worst ever. Chevy, I don't know you. My friend Lorraine does clearly, but you were terrible. And he would, and, and even with his massively repellent ego as, as a person, um, that he uh, would probably acknowledge it, that this was not his genre at all. Right. And because if you're going to have a guest star on your on your thing, you have to not, you have to talk to the guest star, just not talk about yourself. Right. You know, it's it's a, it's one of the requirements of being that that host. But he got so confused, and there's poor Jason sitting there feeding him the questions to ask. He would ask a question like, "So." Uh, you're from Vancouver. How's Canada? Great. Oh, and um, and, uh, and 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 what's your dog's name? You know, I mean, it was just yeah. everything didn't matter. It was all non sequitur and stuff. And um, Arsenio was better than that. Obviously. Yes. But, and you put him um, in the episode here. And mm-hmm. the '90s, you know, he was. A lot of people were really fascinated by what was going on in Hollywood in the '90s, as much as. Any era, you know, b- before or after, I-, I-, I think there was, you know, just a proliferation of things. Fox and and nine hundred two one had something to do with, but the, a more youthful, you know, kind of energy and a lot of magazines and and covering it and uh, you know the the, cur- the either the seamy side of this and and Arsenio was the mouthpiece for that. He Young Hollywood was on his show. They weren't on Carson. That's right. You know. But uh, definitely, he was always stirring things up for sure. Um, let's see. I have this picture of you guys all the way oh, back. That's funny. <laughs> the dresses are back in style now. I see like all the teens wearing that same dress. And I see what you're saying about what they did to your hair. <laughs> you, you were very unhappy with the hair. What was wrong with it? You know what it was? It was, it was at the beach. It looked frizzy because it was at the beach. So it was frizzing up, is what it was. It have been curly or straight the way I remember it. But it was straightish, and then it got curly because we were shooting near the water. Yeah. Um, our friend Larry Mullen always asks us this uh, every week, so I'll ask you in terms of the kiss with Ian. Mm-hmm. Was it? I mean, you didn't even remember it, Leanne. <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess not memorable. Jeez, uh, don't tell him. Great kiss. Do you remember it being a great kiss? I, I don't remember. I mean, I thought I remember thinking it was the it was a fun role. If it was fun, you know, acting is the greatest gig if you can get it. I mean, it it it's is very blue collar right here. Even if it's blue collar, it's definitely the best gig. And part of that is you don't have to worry about hair and makeup, even if it doesn't look. It's a little frizzy. Doesn't matter. You didn't have to think about it that day. And um, so I remember it was it was really fun. And you know, I I I, I don't remember that. You know, it's weird. I, I don't know if it's because I I remember kissing Mark Paul Gosselaar on 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 Save the Bell, and I remember that was so weird because he had so much makeup on. And I I remember that kiss. So maybe it was just like old hat kissing guys that wear makeup was just <laughs> yeah. By this point, oh, yeah. At that time, I was just jaded and. And Monica, how about the 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 uh, the dream of kissing Jason? Yeah, um, I remember wishing I could. He would hang out a little more, talk to me. I was like, "Don't you want to talk to me at Keith State?" You know, I I was really excited. And like I said, I knew the time. I knew the day was ending. It was probably at the end of the day at sunset. I was like, "Oh my gosh, we're gonna lose it." I hope they don't cut. You know, I was worried they were gonna cut it. So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think we probably did it in one or two takes. He was very gentlemanly. Ugh. <laughs> Darn. Yeah. Um, this was great. Uh, Chuck, is there anything else from this episode that we need to cover that I've missed? Erin? Um, well, the last, yeah, the, the yeah. final scene is pretty pivotal when um, Kelly's, you know, Brenda leaves and Kelly says to Dylan, uh, I might even get together with you. Yeah, I do love that. I don't know if I have it here. Go ahead, Chuck. Talk to me about that while I look for it. And this is really the pivot. This is what the episode really does become about, right? There we go. Yeah. Well, it sets up the mechanism for what the summer is about. I think that's that's um, you know really really what what would be, and um, and it was you know the excitement of going to Paris for the first time, and someone like Brenda, who uh, also was you know really a well was an honor student. You know, I mean, you know, and was interested in stuff. Um, so, you know, a big deal and uh, and the freedom and, and, and the idea that this Walsh family, I mean, we're going to start over and we're going to punish <laughs> you by sending you to Paris. You know, I mean, that was a real Beverly Hills uh, you know, money can buy you love sometimes. And um, and, and and in that moment and, you know, it was just the subtlety of the shot of, of, of Shannon's look. Cause she's, it's not overt jealousy. It's just, Oh, that, um, you know, not, not even knowing how to process the fact that, Oh, I'm not going to, it's almost like, Oh, I'm not going to be here this summer. I'm not going to be with my boyfriend and, and oh, there he is with the best friend and, and that curiosity. Yeah. This, look. That's the, that's it's the wave. Yeah. No. Then there's this, there's this. Yeah, and they're walking away. Yeah. No, I don't have the last shot. I mean, that's the shot that I just described. So, <laughs> well, I have the clip, but let's see how it plays out. We know the clip's not Today, and I'll call you every Sunday morning or maybe Sunday night. Depends on if the rates change. <laughs> call me anytime, I'll be here. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just a it's streamyard. Uh, yeah, so I mean, but it does it does let everybody sort of uh, leave them waiting for more. Certainly, right? Uh, you know, but I don't think anybody has the perception that this is where this is going at this point. You know, but we definitely see that play out, and then of course that becomes a big, big topic, and we've talked about the triangle so many times on this podcast. <laughs> Well, yes, and and also the notion being, and and it even you know we're we're we are um, working really. We're doing this thing, uh, Monica and Leanna, and we're, and we're gonna we've made real progress finally. Uh, we did something called Story Slam, and we asked our um, some of our fans to pitch a store a nine hundred two one zero story that they're they're in it, and you know a scene right. with someone in it. And we figured out how to do radio plays with it. We do one with Kelly, we do one with Dylan, and we do one with David. Awesome. And uh, I did the Kelly one. Um, Larry's doing the Dylan one. And uh, we'll both probably play. We, well, I did I did one about David originally, but we now have a different format. We're just going to do it differently. But a different cool. story we come up with. But... Um, you know, in, in in putting it together, 
Um, and why have I? This is my senior moment. But I don't have that many. People. I don't know where you're going. Why, with this. why <laughs> did I bring this up? Yeah. Talking, oh, oh, because yeah. it was because of Dylan. Because look at you know, and, and I and I felt this. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I thought we were a big hit in the begin in season two is because the audience knew that Dylan and Brenda were doing it, even though we never showed it. Right. And we never talked about it. And this, they were there. They were sexually active once. You're sexually active once, chances are you're going to be sexually active again. So we felt we could live under the Hayes Code, as it yeah. were. We even did a sh couple of shots where we pan off shoes, which is which was the uh, uh, convention in the 1930s when they were, uh, uh, you know, about to get, you know, a little hot and heavy. They pan off the, you know, the bodies. Yeah. So, uh, but I always come to the feeling, and and for the whole time that that um, Dylan McKay was never monogamous. Never, never. No. And once he got married, he would have been married. We we, we took that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give that to season six, even though yeah, it's never really seen wonderful. It. But um, but you know, and and so all of this time, so I really do believe if I believe that, and and I think I believe that then, then if we didn't come up with Kelly, there would have been somebody else. Totally. It just that's who he was. Um, right. And she knew that. You know. Mm. Uh, Monica and Leanne, did you watch not continue to watch 90210 after you were on it? I'm sure I did. For yeah, I I was a geeky college student, so I think I watched. I remember watching it. I wasn't the devotee of like never miss just because I was. I had, to get, had a lot going on. I had to get into film school, so I was like, it, you yeah. know, so I was really focused on school. So, so you were a history major. I was a history right? major, and then. Um, because I had read somewhere that that um, Lucas is a history major and so an easy major at UCLA. That's a hard. Like, that's a hard go. I took a lot of. I went to Cal. I took a lot of history classes. That's, yeah, I that's loved really it. I mean, I, ones, I still. I'm still a history geek. I love it, and yeah. um, it's a great place to study stories and characters. You know. To yeah, Monica, well, I got so. Well, what's your major? I was an English major. English. Oh. English. Excellent. My wife was in the great, guys. It's it was good great to have you both here. It's great Thank to see you. So much. I'm all about gratitude these days, and I just want to tell you, I think the work that you did on this uh, show all those years ago is incredible. I can't top tell you enough how many people wanted. We're so excited that you guys were coming on, myself included, Erin included. Um, just really great stuff. You brought so much to the to the characters and to the to the to nine hundred two one zero. I mean, it's 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 becomes an iconic thing. Uh, all these years later, for sure, the the twins are a part of something that's so so big in a big moment on the show, and you guys rocked it and delivered it. Um, but, but I also, you know, yeah, you were there in nineteen ninety three. I really enjoyed you in twenty twenty one. I just want to say I really oh, enjoyed yes. talking that, and you be able to hang out with with both of you. Well, Have God bless you for you guys awesome. for still remembering us. I know. <laughs> Very much appreciate it. Thanks for writing us, Charles. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Yeah. We'll uh, we'll look forward to all the things that you guys have going on in the future. We'll keep people up to date with you guys too. So. Yes, thank you so much. All right, thank yes. you very much, guys. Thank this you. has been a lot of fun. Now, next week we don't know what we're covering, but we have a couple of really good things brewing. So just stay tuned, and uh, we'll probably announce it over the week over on the news on Friday. All right, everybody, have a good uh, rest of the week, and good seeing you all. All right. Thank you.